how did you get your name? How did I get my name? So, like Cam, your your first name isn't like your mother didn't name you Cam. Cam, yeah, right. So my name, my government name is Cameron. Mm. Blah. Revealing uh, your secret identity already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my birth name is Cameron. Cameron is very gender neutral, of course. Mm. I didn't want to go with Cameron because that I just used that name in my day to day life. So I was like, okay, well, I was a part of ballroom, and I think my house parent at the time, everyone was already just addressing me as Cam Cam. Yeah. And it just clicked. So one of, one of the phases that of my house name that I went by was Cakes, which is because my booty is big, of course. <laughs> uh, but I, I got tired of that and I just retired it. So I was just like, Cam Cam works. And then when I started doing drag, like a year or so after I got into ballroom, it just resonated over it and it's been Cam Cam ever since. You know, I knew there was a reason every single time I saw you, I thought it was my birthday. <laughs> it was because of them cakes. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cabbing. What? What? Oh, flapping! I thought we and marketing. Cabbing. Oh. <laughs> flapping always comes first. It must always come first. <laughs> Flapjack. Cam, cam. You, you're just supposed to do your intro line. The oh, in- yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I am Cam, cam. Yeah. Hey, Kim, Kim, welcome back. I'm so excited to have you for our second episode of the week. Thank you. And I'm excited because we're going to be talking about the evolution of drag. Yes. And just in the short time that you and I have been doing drag together, I I have seen a lot of different evolutions in the scene. So um, before we get into that, though, can you remind our listeners, what are your pronouns and a little bit about yourself as a drag artist? I am Cam Cam. I am 23 years old. I am a non-binary entertainer. I go by he, she, they, and them, both in drag and out of drag. Um, My drag, in a nutshell, is just pretty much me being the more of the more glamified version of myself, if that makes sense. Mm. And yeah, just to make people feel happy with just, uh, just expressing yourself, however you see fit that you want to express yourself. I love it. Thank you. Roll Tide. I'm oh, just kidding. That's all dirty is coming <laughs> Ooh, out of my mouth. Football. I don't know. I don't know why where that came from. Anyways, <laughs> I know you wanted to chat today about the evolution of drag. So, yes. like, was there a particular reason that you wanted to that that was the topic of uh, choice? That was the topic of choice for me. Is because since we've been performing, I've noticed like how it's like been a shift. Like, not everyone necessarily wants to be a drag queen i've had people reach out to mm. me so i'm like how how do i get into being a drag or a drag entertainer or whatever and the, when they say that that instantly tells me like okay so you don't necessarily want to be a drag queen yeah. which is okay if you do right but i've noticed there's a lot of people who are more willing to step out and be different because different isn't always bad and sometimes different is good and it makes you stand up and but i've had i've had a lot of people reach out to me as far as like getting their start and stuff like that so it's a beautiful feeling and that's why i pretty much wanted to talk about it i love that do you feel that there is more of a venue for getting started with a drag now than when you first started Ooh, so that's that's a really tricky topic 
Uh, I know that's why I asked it. <laughs> it I'm not going to say it's a set venue to have, get like necessarily get your start because everybody starts in different places. I will say one of the more receptive and supportive venues I probably have ever been a part of is when probably DIY. Yeah. I I love Twat like every part of them mm-hmm. and every aspect of them. And they are just a good human person. And I feel like if you were trying to get your start as a drag entertainer, you would want to surround yourself with good energy. At least I would. Yeah. And I would, that's why I, I mostly direct people there. Now, when you start branching out into like different other venues and things like that, which of course you're going to have to when you make like start expanding. Absolutely. Um, just proceed with caution. Just, but have fun like, right that's all drag is just have fun i'm so thankful that diy drag has had this boom that it has had you yes. know um and in fact i mean it's it's gotten so popular it's it's honestly kind of yeah, hard to secure be, a spot in it sometimes. right um and you know, I've seen young entertainers, old entertainers, yes. everything in between wanting to perform at DIY drag because that crowd is just it's amazing. so electric, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, that's where I try out my dance numbers. Yes. <laughs> you know, I that's not something that I necessarily Big feel dude. the strongest in, mm-hmm. but I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And Like, I would love to try to be funny. You know, yeah? But I just you I are funny. think I'm funny. Hey, you okay, so the secret to being funny, crank anchors. If you find any like prank call uh-huh. on YouTube, turn it into a mix. Boom. That's that's what did it for me. And okay. Then, and after that, I was like, oh my god, there's levels to this particular prank call that I can like cut this out, put this in, make it funnier. Like honestly, like prank calls are the best way to start. I think. I mean, because hmm. you heard my telephone mix, right? Love it. Like yeah, that's that's one of my favorites ever. But <laughs> eventually, I was like, okay, I'm doing this at every single show. I need to mix it up. And um, oh, I, I feel like it's it's what allowed me to crack the code on right. so uh, on how Flapjack does funny. Um, I can yeah. be funny, like if I'm like having a conversation, like I, of course I can make you laugh. Yeah, but me try to like express that entertaining, but everybody know me because I know how to dance and I'm very sexy when I perform. Of course, me trying to be funny, I just doesn't translate. I know I'm funny in my mind, but like me trying to portray funny to other people, I think that's where I lack. But you excel at okay i'm having this idea oh my god this might be the flapjack and cam cam like love child (laughs) so i often when i watch you i'm like Mm -hmm. if i did that i would have to go to my chiropractor right like i said it on my score she's (laughs) (laughs) well if what if you did like a number it started with like a bunch of whip cracks you know Mm -hmm. but then it turned into like back cracks and so you like had to like I don't know, Adjust like stretch, back. you know, after doing something, and then it would be like, you know, like when you stand up. I don't know. I think it could be really funny. I live. Hmm. I'm gonna have to write that one down. <laughs> uh, so, um, what inspired you to do drag to begin with? What inspired me to do? So originally, how I got my start is like once again, it goes back to me being sexy, of course. So, <laughs> if anyone know are familiar with Autumn, Autumn. Animosity Von Trails star. Friend of the pod. Yeah. She, she, they were having this contest. It was called the male review, quote unquote, oh. underwear contest or something like that. So it was me and a whole bunch of other male presenting people performing numbers, pretty much doing drag, but not necessarily the whole glamified thing. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I got my start. I was winning. Of course, I was winning a lot. 
<laughs> and then everybody was getting Naturally. tired of me winning. But yeah, so that's how I, that's how I got my start. So so you started at the mail reviews that were at the Quest Club. Yes, probably. Okay, yes, I remember this. I don't think I ever went out to one, but mm-hmm. then like. I mean, you were just such a hit. Like, I feel like I saw you instantly on Fridays and Saturdays. But. Yeah, they, it went really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I was winning there, performed. Uh, so it was, like, I think it was a Thursday. So it was a boom, perform Thursday, win it, perform Friday, Saturday, <laughs> and then sometimes Sundays. If So it was like every weekend. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I think the first time I met you was Mariah, um, Mariah Taylor, my drag mom. Yes. You know, I she, was supposed to do her pageant for her. Well, help her be her dancer. Well, still, but I mean, you've always been known for your dance skills. Thank you. You know, and I, before I even met you, I was like, okay, so Cam Cam's a dancer. Yes. And you have the ass to back it up. Thank you. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, so, Years of practice. <laughs> and squats, hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm very jealous. Uh, so... For I know that you said you started in ballroom culture mm. before that, right? Or was so, that at the same time? I started doing. I started walking balls before I did drag. But if you were saying like as far as me dancing is concerned, yeah. Well, so like I, basically, I'm trying to look at your your drag My journey. Life. Yeah. Okay. So if we want to go down history lane, um, I have been trained in like several different styles of dance. Oh, okay. Um, I have. I used to do theater. So that's something else I used to do. But I also used to be a gymnast and I also was a cheerleader too. That all triple threat. Yeah. So me dancing has just been a part of my life forever. Um, but I started walking balls maybe in twenty seventeen, late twenty seventeen, because I was seventeen when I won walked won my first ball, twenty eighteen. So that following year after twenty eighteen, which was twenty nineteen, is when I actually started performing. If okay. that answers your question. Gotcha. Yes, I think it does. Um, that's so interesting. Mm. And and as we come into talking about like the evolution of drag, mm-hmm. I feel like what we're really going to end up talking about is like the evolution of non-binary drag. Right. You know, I, I think that that is something that I have seen change vastly, mm-hmm. um, especially post-pandemic. Yes. Um, so I'm curious from your standpoint, like as someone who has this intersectionality of being in the ballroom scene, mm-hmm. but also being in just the queer nightlife scene and seeing drag from these two very different perspectives. Yes. Um, where have you seen that crossover? Have you seen non-binary drag be embraced in both ballroom culture and in queer nightlife? In a way, yes, because now we are having more GNC categories as far as like ballroom is concerned. Hey, what's, also, what's GNC? Sorry. Gender non-conforming, which oh, is, okay, okay. it's just like lanes for like people who identify as like us, who are like non-binary yes. or gender fluid or anything like that. Okay, like, paper I'm towel, gonna, you got some gender fluid on the floor. Yeah, that, like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, so supposedly I'm, I'm going to be walking GNC face. Oh. as a category because my main category is vogue film which is a vogue category which is a dancing category but everyone sees how beautiful i am when like and it's not be to my own horn anything but no how pretty i am your horn. when i am made up in makeup and stuff so i i love that i'm going to be taking on that challenge too if if everything aligns in the way that i feel like it's going to yeah i will be doing it too so as someone, I feel as someone who doesn't know much of anything about ballroom culture, like, uh-huh. I mean, my, 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 um, understanding goes about as far as I've seen most episodes of pose, yeah. you know, like only once, mm-hmm. so, like, how does it work? Like you, if I was to just walk into 
a ballroom show. Is that right? Is no, that what you could say? I walk into a ball. I walk into a ball. Uh-huh. Like what? What happens? So, <laughs> like what? Yeah, what would be the first thing I'd see? I would tell everyone because everyone shares the same concern. So when you go into a ball, it's nothing like it's it's one in the same of what you see on TV, but it's not. From watching Pose, you had to realize that that was back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. This was back way back in the day when that's how ballroom used to be back in New York. Mm. Ballroom is not nothing like that. Like, if I go walk a category, you know, like how they have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they don't judge balls like that. How they judge balls is. You have this thing where you get your tens. Get your tens meaning you exude your category in which whatever your category may be. And then if all the judges hold up their tens, which is like holding up ten fingers or they even have signs, if they hold up their tens, that means you proceed into your battle zone. Your battle zone is when you battle different people who walks the same categories as you, but just in different houses. That makes sense. You lost me at ten. Okay. Okay. So if I, I wanted to go into a category. Okay. What I don't know what category would I would you put me in. So, um, I feel like because you have a whole lot of different garments and they are very beautiful. Oh, thank you. And well thought out. You will. You could walk best dress. Okay. You could also walk probably runway because oh, I've really? seen you like model clothes sometimes. Oh, thank you. So I think you could probably walk runway too. Okay, so let, uh, let's say I do runway uh-huh. and then so I go out. And then I would get if I got tens, uh-huh. then I would proceed to what was the next step? Your battle zones. Your battle, battle zones zone. is when so you'll get your tens, you stand to the side. When everyone walks your category, that's planned on walking in category for the night. When everyone gets their tens, they all stand to the side. Then once you stand to the side, they group you together to battle against people. Oh. When you battle against people, you walk your category that you're walking, and whoever is the best of the night is who the judges pick as the winner. So, if I did runway, right. do I do I have to vogue when we go into battle zone? No. Oh. You walk runway. You just you just do your category again. Right. So you just do it again and again and again until you, until win. you win. It's like process of elimination. You just oh. yeah. But you don't have to keep going back to back unless you're in a situation where say like the people in my house, if it was like four of my house members and it was just you. Yeah. You would have to go against all four of them because they're all in the same house. They can't go against each other because they're they're family. They will go against you, oh. so you would have to beat all of them in order to win. If not, say if you beat two of them, but it's two of them still left, and one of them beats you, those two win together. So they'll split the gotcha. Prize. I see. Okay, okay, that's so interesting. Thank you for for educating me on that because yeah. I truly did not understand. I was like, I know this happens, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, Okay, so in that sense, like, how frequently do you see drag performers in mm. ballrooms? So, in a setting that I think you're speaking of, they have different drag categories. Like, they have a lip sync category, of course. Um, they have drag inclusive categories. Like, I want Butch Queen Vogue film. Butch Queen Vogue film is like a male presenting category for people who are knowing how to vote Mm. but you also have like drags performance which is people who get into drag and vote now when i say when i say get into drags it's more so they have this thing called fish drag it's a bad terminology i hate it but they call it fish drag where you are you trying to look passable as a girl yeah versus being like in a drag setting where you paint more heavier you paint for the lighting and all that it's 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 different but it's all in the same if that makes sense mm-hmm. so you we have like drag categories drags runway drags performance uh 
even best dress if you wanted to get into dress and walk best dress because that was the fashion category you, you whatever gender you identify as you can walk it interesting yeah. so so as we've been seeing this drag evolution in the queer nightlife scene mm-hmm. have you seen more inclusive categories have you seen uh competitors who are uh, of more gender diversity <laughs> um by alabama being as small as it is I would say like I, I it's not a lot of people who share my same experience, but that mm. is my goal in my future. Well, they are in, they are already in my house. We just haven't debuted yet. I'm not going to spill it to you. Okay, but they I have people along with myself who are non-binary and things like that as well, and who are going to be walking balls and they're going to be winning. Might I add to? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I definitely won't. I wanted inclusiveness with everyone. That was that was when I took over as mother of my house. I that was one of my missions to make ballroom feel like it's welcoming to everyone. Because sometimes I've had white friends, of course, be like, "I would want to come to a ball, but I would not want to be disrespectful." I, but my response would be, "Well, what makes it disrespectful? It's it's a ball. If you want to come display your talents, then you want to come display your talents. Just as much you would come to a drag show and perform. It's no different. No one's gonna judge you." Well, they're going to judge you. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to. But they're not going to like judge you to say, oh, well, why is this person here? It's not like that at all. Ah, this is so informative. Oh, my God. Thank you, Kim. Kim. (laughs) You're welcome. We need to take a break, but we're going to come right back and keep talking about the evolution of drag. Work. And we are back. Y'all, Cam Camp's doing this cute little dance, like whatever the, <laughs> I just the love break the music song. comes on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We searched high and low for that <laughs> uncopyrighted music that we could steal. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Cam, um, yes. let's talk mixed pageantry. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, you and I have had our fair share of exposure to the mixed pageantry system, yeah, um, especially yeah. here in the state of Alabama. Where you beat me. That we gonna <laughs> listen i i when i have my eyes set on something yeah, I, I'm the same way i can't too. stop and but, i was i was really happy honestly if i didn't win i was really happy like if i could lose to anybody i lost to you oh thank you yeah. but also you have gone and collected your fair share of titles i would say yeah uh, <laughs> so but i am so it, kind of like ballroom is this one specific culture that is niche and and we've seen a lot of evolution in Mm -hmm. that like i feel that pageantry is also having this revolution oh 100 percent. so like what how would you describe the mixed pageantry experience and how it's different from those more traditional binary um when i first i would say from my own experiences it has developed so so much one of the things that like used to be triggers for me like growing up to hear like oh yeah mr da 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 or mm. miss da 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 and i just never felt like dang i don't think i fit in either one of those molds but i have done male pageants yeah and because when typically when i perform if i don't go all the way in in my own persona i present more on the male side than i do female but i used to use all pronouns of course but I had to learn to dial it back if I wanted to fit that mold, but I still made those titles my own when I want them, if that right. makes sense. It does. And you just have to, it's it's about making, pageantry is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Don't let people limit you into a box. 
Go secure your secure your title, but do with it as you will. Yes, if, or do what makes you happy. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I know for the mix Central Alabama Pride when I was going for that and thinking about where it would make the most sense for me to go, mm. I really wanted to have a non-binary category, right? Mostly because I felt that. If I was going to represent a community, mm-hmm. that was the community that made the most Best sense to you. me. And even though the, I, I identify as a drag queen and not so much as a non-binary entertainer, right. I, I identify as a non-binary person, person. out right. of drag. And so when it came to like the interview, for example, that was where I tried to really showcase like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I showcase myself or I, I present myself um, as a non-binary person to my students every day. And I try to be that uh, non-binary role model that I, I wish that. I had. Um, and I don't necessarily feel that you get that same free- freedom in a traditional binary category, mm-hmm. um, which is which is why I decided to go for that. Um, but also, I've I've been on both sides. Like I've participated in a mix pageant, but I've mm-hmm. also gotten the chance to judge. Mm-hmm. And it's just so enlightening to me to see, and, and uh, inspiring too, to see the the different types of. Mm-hmm drag that uh go on in a mixed category right? right like for example the druid city pride wait nope i got it pride on the plane yes it was pride on the plane yes because i did that one too <laughs> i get my I got uh, first run college up. towns mixed up mm-hmm. yes but you know we we have entertainers who have a ballroom background we right. have ones who have more of a cosplay background we mm-hmm. have ones that have comedic backgrounds whereas those other categories just didn't have that diversity right and so it I was felt, always so one track right yeah. and it's like who's the best at doing this exact same thing right but mix i have found is who's the best at doing their own thing. thing right and i love that aspect yeah you know is, is that something that you have seen oh, from the other pageants you've participated in yes so i've experienced like those same feelings and i'm glad that we get to have those like type of inclusiveness yes because it's very important like all of us don't necessarily identify as mr or miss so the fact that we have a, a lane for ourselves and we get to explain our talents in, in whatever mm-hmm. way we see fit us being non-binary people we're not always understood so i feel like when we're in positions where like for our division that we are able to be our most authentic selves is when people get to know us as people yes and i i, I really enjoy it same absolutely so i'm i identify a lot with what you said about you know, when people put you in that box of Mr. or Miss, yeah. then it's like, that's not quite me. Yeah. Um, a lot of times in my job, I'll, people will start emails with Mr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Claire, Mr. Freeman. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, and you so, cringe. I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever find yourself, uh, um, ha- having to use your voice to say, Oh, actually please refer to me by this. Um, I've never been in a situation where I've, felt like that all the uh, the only triggers i really like have is like when people be like boy or um, man yeah. things like that but if you just say like mister or even if you say miss to me i'm still gonna respond because i use those pronouns anyway but when people be like yeah you're a man and it it does something to me i was just like that's not who i am like but i i, I would be happy if you could respect me yeah and at least ask me but I don't ever never run into those issues because I use all pronouns. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also use all pronouns, but I know for Mr. and Miss, that is something I, I still feel that ick from. Mm-hmm. So especially with my students, I try to say, oh, please refer to me as Clay. Yeah. But 
a lot of times I still have ones that just are, especially international students. They're really they're not, they're uncomfortable with, you know, addressing me without some sort of title. Mm-hmm. So I asked for a mix, um, which is, is interesting. I don't know of any other higher ed professionals who, mm-hmm. who do that, at least not at my own university. So anyways, I, I love wanted to mention that since, since it was something you mentioned. Um, but back to mm-hmm. the evolution of non-binary drag. Mm-hmm. Are there any non-binary drag entertainers that really inspire you? Mm. Uh, I have <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> so I, I have, don't know none. I have people who inspire me, but I've been performing probably longer than they have, if that makes sense. Yes. I don't know if that does that count? Sure. Okay. Well, Twat, Fun, mm-hmm. you. Oh, thank you. Twat, Fun, you, Green. Um, I, I really love green as well. I'm so jealous of their makeup abilities. Like, Baby. Oh my God. They show up and I'm like, huh? huh? <laughs> she did this look for like this golf show and it was just all eyeliner. I said, you bitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was sick, man. And she just used eyeliner. And I was just like, that is a skill. Right? Like, I could never do that. I could do my own makeup. Okay. But yeah, she definitely has a talent. And another one who is so authentically themselves that's local is Monarch. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's my baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really love them. And I think I got to know them from just uh, doing the Camp Wanakiki viewing parties uh-huh. at first. And they would come in as they would wait for Baddest Bitch to start. Right. And I just really fell in love with them. And then yeah. by episode six, I had someone who called out that was supposed to be a co-host. And I was like, hey, can you jump in here and co-host with me? They, so They did. It. They did. And they're great. I later found out that they are a student at the college I work at. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what the procedure is for this, but work. Let's. I, okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I love them. And another one that I want to, I, I want to shout out because Honestly, I think they were my first exposure to a non-binary entertainer that I was close to, mm. and that's Clinica de Precious, winner Ooh. of Camp Wanakiki season four, um, the campiest person I know. And I am just always awestruck and amazed at how creative they are, you mm-hmm. know, and they're constantly able to like break this mold of what of any kind of preconceived notions I have about drag. Right. Like I may think drag is going to be one thing. I may think it, it, it would include a wig or, or and someone a, turns a it on a dime and then they turn it and like all these rules and preconceived notions that I had are gone. Right. Right. But it's like the best performance I've ever seen. Right. You know? So yeah, that, that, that is to me what has been the true evolution of non-binary drag. Right. It's, all these rules that we've had, all these things that we've set as the golden standard mm. and then them getting turned on their head. I, I love, love it. it. Well, we are going to take a break and keep this conversation going right after that. Hi, everyone. It's Flapjack from the future. I forgot to plug one very important thing happening this week. So make sure that y'all tune in on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to the Sleep In Cinema Show on Substrate Radio. You can listen at substrateradio.com. And I'm going to be joining the guys from Sleep In Cinema to talk about the upcoming Oscars, my trip to the National Miss Comedy Queen, and much, much more. So make sure you tune into that at 9 a.m. Central Time on substrateradio.com. See you there. We are back, back, back again. We have Flapjack along with myself. Hi, horse. (laughs) Camp Camp. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one thing I want to know, as 
non-binary entertainers, especially in the South, mm-hmm. where like pageantry is held totally to the highest new. regard, mm-hmm. what has inclusion looked like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't always see non-binary entertainers being included in show lineups. Mm. So what inclusion looks like to me is giving all forms of entertainers those chances to perform mm-hmm. or at least getting to express themselves which we all like we, we always been drag shows and uh, it's it's always like three queens and one male i had just literally made a post about this like a couple of days ago <laughs> it's like always three queens and like one male presenting person yeah and like we have to stop doing that like let's break that mold like it's so many talented entertainers who are not all drag queens right give them give them their chance too like it's not much to ask for. We yeah. just all want to do the same thing. And and there's nothing wrong with being a traditional drag yeah, queen. Yeah, at all. But it's, it's important for us to make space because, I mean, think about how much, just from RuPaul's Drag Race, honestly, mm. like it's changed the landscape of what drag, drag queen is. looks like. Mm. But, you know, we have to make sure we're making space for those people who advocated for us historically. Right. And that has not always been the cisgender white men who dress up as women for a dollar, you know, it's, it's been like the, the lesbians, it's been our people are the people of color in our community and and the trans folks who have been showing up and showing out to make a big change. Mm. Um, and and even the more androgynous people, right. Mm -hmm. And, and with the current political climate that we have right now, like we really have to show that we are a united community. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I've been really proud of you, Cam Cam, Thank for you. doing. Like, I, I feel like n- n- there's no one in this town that I know who has been quite like you in, in the type of entertainment that you do, Aww. but also in your ability to <laughs> break down barriers, <laughs> Thank you know, you. And, and that's, that's why I admire you so much. I think that, that you are, are just so willing to be open and authentic about who you are. Um, and you're always kind too. And kindness counts. <laughs> so sweet (laughs) of course (laughs) so like what what about that for you charges your demeanor like i feel like you're you're always a kind person so like what why do you choose to be kind i choose to be kind because in my life i've dealt with a lot of people treating me bad and i i feel like we all can relate to that but I had people in my life, like my mom and my great-grandma before she passed, who were those loving figures for me to be like, you are loved and you are valid. And mm. it's, it's okay to be you. I never knew what that meant at the time, but I feel like like my parents and my family as a whole knew me better than I probably knew myself. Mm. So the same love and kindness like that my family has given me over the years, I just genuinely take with me. Like, and I found out recently something that I was doing. So I try to, I don't allow sadness to be one of those feelings that I feel. And someone told you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not allowing yourself to do handle those feelings. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm working on it, but I just don't like to be sad. I My way of going about life is to be happy and to uplift other people and make them feel just as happy as I feel. Because when I wake up every morning, I'm happy. And let now I do have my moments throughout the day where people can be people and they have that that's all over me, but it it never would change the way that I'm feeling in the in the sense that yeah I'm happy but you have made me mad so I'm gonna be mad the rest of the day. It's, it's not gonna work, and yeah. I just I just try to be happy like happy happiness costs nothing. 
Exactly. Kindness costs nothing. Just be happy. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's free 99 yeah. to, to be kind. And I, I think that, you know, it all goes back to, I, I think it was what we were talking about in our episode from earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about the, those people who sit at the bar who maybe don't Just seem like they're wanting just, to be there at yeah. the show, but really but you're making watch. the biggest difference for them. <laughs> yeah. So where are you going from here, Cam? Mm. Like what, what's on the horizon for Cam Cam? Um, What's on the horizon for me is just bigger and better opportunities and being able to grow as an entertainer into, into, I get emotional just talking about stuff No, like you're this. all good. It just means you're, you're really passionate about it. Yeah. Like, I just want everyone to have the same chances and opportunities as, as I've been happy to have or blessed to have. And, Pretty much, yeah. What's just what's next for me is to just travel the world, travel wherever I'm going to go, and show people that it's okay to be you and whatever that looks like, and just live life. Like right. life is so precious, and you never know. Like you just have fun while you can. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So one of the things that we ask pretty much every podcast guest mm-hmm. that we have is what is one of your favorite numbers that you perform? Mm. I have two. <laughs> I have this really sexually seductive number where it's not me dancing, but it does have dancing parts in it. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? Uh, so it's the song like Talking Bodies. I think it's is it Tove So Lulu? if you're talking about it, yeah, oh, that song. Okay, but it I can't believe I knew one for once. One dance is all it takes. Yeah, I love that song too. So I put both of those together, and I put those in the, together because I want to show that you can be sexy, but you can also dance and be sexy too. Mm. But that's one of my favorite numbers, and I have this like absolute like full out like wow 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 like <laughs> <laughs> whip crack moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The whole mix just have those like all the way through it, and it's like literally me dancing for like six and a half minutes straight <laughs> while lip syncing. Uh, that's one of my favorite numbers too. What's your favorite number? My favorite number to perform. Uh, so I haven't been able to do it in a while because weirdly enough, the costume rusted, which oh. like I didn't even know it could do that. But have you seen my bank robber number? I love that one. I know the, been- the silver part rusted. Yes, yeah, the silver part rusted. I, I used like a cosplay fabric. And oh, okay. I I Did washed. You wash? I yep, hand washed that's it. What it is. Well, it smelled horrible. I can like, imagine. Literally, I would I would see people in the dressing room. Oh, <laughs> not you shaded me on my own podcast. <laughs> uh, but I would see people. I would take it out, and they'd be like, <gasps> and <laughs> so I would like cover it in spray, you know. And it still looked good until I hand washed it. Oh. And then I took it to the Camp Wanakiki uh, preview party. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was just like a reflection in the photos of like the pink background or like the pink carpet or something, um, like making it kind of get this weird coloration on it. Mm -hmm. But I got it out the other day and it is completely like rusted. It's got like holes in it from how (laughs) like bad it's gotten. So I really want to remake that costume, but yes, that is my favorite one. 
I just that was the first I one. I love saying you do a split in that number two. Ah, yes, <laughs> literally, no one knows I can do it. I'm I like, didn't know you could do it. Let's fucking go. I'm gonna show you. Yeah, don't tell Drag Race. If I ever get on that, <laughs> that's my one trick that's gonna save me for, yeah. uh, <laughs> from leaving. Um, but yeah, like in that one, because I feel like that was the first number I made after I left Camp Wanakiki. Really? So yes, and every number before that, I'd had a little bit of imposter syndrome about the numbers I had made, it was like, Oh, well I just pulled this like prank call from YouTube or, Mm -hmm. Oh, I just pulled this stand up comedian set and did that. But that one was like, I'm going to have levels. Mm -hmm. I was really inspired by clinical depressions. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, look at how they tell a story. Look at how they have like a beginning, middle and end of their campy numbers. So I'm, I'm going to try to emulate that. Um, and it's when I see people laugh because it's so unexpected. It feels authentically me. It has like a lot of alt rock, which I like to perform. Mm. Um, but it's also like a crowd pleaser because I do a lot of fan favorites too. So long way to say, yes, it's my bank robber number. (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, I think that's just about all the time that we have. Is there anything that you want to plug before we go? Um, what do I got going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, just come out and support wherever that may be. That um, you can follow me on all platforms. It's Cam Cam, or on on Facebook it's Cam Cam, and then on Instagram it's Oh My God underscore it's underscore Cam Cam. And just keep up with me. Come out to shows. Tip your entertainers. Yes, give those queens a dollar. Like. Yeah. and kings and things <laughs> and everything in between <laughs> and we'll be putting your social media handles in the link in the in the description uh, in a link gosh in a link in the description of both of these episodes that oh, we're fancy. So, oh yeah we like to do things <laughs> right here at flapping and fawning podcast Thank oh, I you. love that. I know. Right? So, yes, we like to do things professionally here. Um, and for us, yes, we have a lot of shows with Flapping and Fawning that you should come check out. The second Wednesday of every month is Drag Bingo at Highwire Brewing. The next Ooh-hoo. one is on March 8th at 7.30 p.m. So come out and have an oh, 69 with us. Also, we will have the Roast in Peace Angel Face on Thursday, May 18th at 7.30 p.m. at Birmingham Festival Theater. Oh, that's going to be fair. It's going to be so awesome. We have an all-star lineup that will be announced closer to the date, but I'm very, very excited for that. Get your tickets now at bftonline.org. Also, a few other plugs. We have Flapping and Fawning merch available at the link in the description of this episode, so you can get your very own sticker or your very own merch. Uh, Grab one of those stickers and put it in a urinal. It would not be the first time I've gotten a golden shower. (laughs) And don't forget to leave a five-star review and share this podcast with a friend so that the algorithm can love us as much as we love all of you, our listeners, you dirty little sluts. (laughs) Well... Thanks, everyone, again, for listening to Flapping and Camming, also known as Flapping and Fawning. (laughs) So better soon, Fawn. We love you. Cam Cam, let's go get your eyelashes put on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. 
You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at flapping and fawning pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta ta.